Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed and past performance does not guarantee future results. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my brother and business partner, Justin McNamara. Good morning. Good morning. We are going to, we're wading through some tax and retirement <laughs> legislation this morning. Sounds and, like a blast. Yeah. And I have to say, some of it is fun to go over, but I have to say that literally wading through it to get prepared for the show was my head was spinning a little and some of it is a little bit dry, but there's a lot in the new legislation that came out right before the end of last year. There's a lot of stuff in in, in this bill. And of course, we're talking about, I don't know, I don't know how much, I don't know how much news it made. It's called the Secure Act 2.0. This is a follow-up to, I think, a 2019 legislation that made a bunch of changes. We should note ahead of time, there were, I think there, I think someone counted 94 law changes. In oh, wow. Particular act. We will not talk about all of them. We'll go over a bunch of them. We should also note in advance a lot of this stuff. It's hard to keep all that stuff in your head anyway. So if we make, we may not, we won't know. We certainly don't know everything about all these changes. And the good news is that the majority of the changes are going to be rolled out 2024, 2025, and even beyond. There are a few changes that start this year. Luckily, those are some on the simpler side, but there's going to be a lot more coming out on this stuff over the course of the years. Some of the legislation was here's some new rules and they would send it over to the IRS and say, flesh this out for us. Here's what we're trying Mm. to get at. And we're going to need some follow up. And a lot of it's going to involve, you know, custodians and the brokerage houses on all this, all these rules. So there's a lot of unknowns here, but we want to certainly, I think, start the process of getting everyone familiar with it because there are some pretty important changes. Yeah. And I was dragging my feet on naming the name of the legislation because it has two names. So I think it was technically called part Mm -hmm. of it's part of the Consolidation Consolidated Appropriations Act or CAA of 2023. Okay, But this part of it, I guess, is called Secure Act 2.0. Okay, So I I knew there were two names for us. I was dragging my feet on that. But yeah, but in the industry, we're calling it Secure 2.0. So just to remind people, not that it really matters, but the original Secure Act was the setting every community up for retirement. Uh, I don't know what the E, what the E was for. <laughs> Setting every community up for retirement, something. That was what SECURE stood for. And that was, like you said, in 2019. And that was originally the bill that changed the required minimum distribution age, which for a really long time, I don't know how long, it had been age 70 in the year you turned 70 and a half. So it was the original Secure Act that changed, bumped that out to age 72. And the original Secure Act from a few years ago was the one that pretty significantly changed the rules regarding how beneficiaries can inherit, uh, excuse me, non-spouse beneficiaries can inherit retirement accounts. And they, they I guess they made, they made it worse. <laughs> they eliminated, for, I, a lot of people would agree that- They that, raised some tax money. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They eliminated what was called the stretch IRA for non-spouse beneficiaries, where you could just take small distributions and have that account for a long time. So like younger people could defer taxes on potentially large amounts of money for a long time. But now non-spouse beneficiaries with few exceptions 
yeah. have to close out inherited retirement accounts within 10 years. So that was part of the original Secure Act from a few years ago. Okay. Anyway, that's good. I didn't even remember that Secure was uh, was an acronym. So setting every community more... up for retirement, something. The e, I feel like the E must of course Google would tell us in a millisecond. We don't have time for that right now. We don't know. Yeah. All right. So there's like you just said, uh, there's a lot in there's a lot of like small little changes in this Secure Act 2.0. But I thought we could start with some of the more. I don't know, notable and discussion worthy ones. And then we'll see right. how much time we have and we can get into the minutia. And like you said, some of the small ones in the minutia, they don't kick in for another year or so anyway. Sounds good. But I think one of the parts of this legislation that is immediately effective is, again, a change to the age at which retirement account owners have to start withdrawing funds from those accounts. So required minimum distributions under Secure Act 2.0, now begin at age 73 was, and then there's another change out to 75 for some people, but let, we'll elaborate on that a little bit. So people that were, so again, immediate past required minimum distribution age was 72. People that turned 72 last year in 2022 had to start taking money out of any retirement account with some exceptions if they were still working and it was a, through their employer or retirement right. through their employer. So anyone that was is turning 72 in 2023, again, was probably planning to have to start required minimum distributions. That is not the case. Effective this year, the required minimum distribution age is now age 73. And that's for anyone born in years 1951 through 1959. So the people that are born in 1951 that were turning seven, that are, excuse me, turning 72 this year, do not have to take required minimum distributions. They don't have to begin this year. They can yeah, start no, next year. No one starts RMDs this year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's which is like almost never happened except that <laughs> one year in 2020 when they were completely forgiven for everyone. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, there's uh, like how many times short history has that happened? Yeah. So this, if you're born, this probably never. Yeah. Right. So if you were born in the 60s or later, 1960 or later, you bumped up to Europe to age 75. So those people, right. it's a ways to go before that. What is it like 20? Is that 2033 or something? I forget the actual one that actually kicks in. But yeah, so it means no. Well, so it means no one will start required minimum distributions in 2033 or 2034. Oh, really? Because oh, the wow. people born okay. in 1960 would turn 73 in 2033. Okay. But they don't have to start until 2035. So there'll be this will happen again in the future unless there's further legislation. Okay. Yeah. So no one will start required minimum distributions in 2022. Excuse me. Sorry. 2023. <laughs> current year, 2023. And we haven't it, even gotten to the complicated stuff. Yet, I know. <laughs> it, important to note, however, that people that already began required distributions, so turned 72 either last year or before, they still have to take their required minimum distributions in 2023. So if there's no change to people yeah. that had already started required minimum distributions. This change is only effective for people just about to start. So yeah, I have we have I have a whole list of clients that were that have retirement accounts and we're turning 72 this year yeah. and we were planning to calculate and maybe start some regular income from those accounts and you had to change the plan and have discussions about should the plan change as a result of this because no one has to taking required distributions this year. 
Yeah. So yeah. And then anyone born in 1960 or later, that will be required distribution starting at age 75. I don't remember when... So required distributions were 70 and a half for a long time up until 2019. Think, was that yeah. like forever or was it? I think since, since we came into the business, I yeah. don't remember. I can only ever remember studying it at age 70 and a half. So I can't, who knows? It, it was probably, yeah. the original legislation was probably written in what the seventies with the 401k and IRA legislation that, that came, I think. Yeah. So maybe it that was, was yeah, yeah. could have been forever. So anyway, it does make sense. Life expectancies have increased over time, bumping out the the age of required distributions from that perspective makes sense. Yep. And all and also it doesn't really if you're the government and you're the IRS and you're trying to raise tax revenue every year, they're foregoing some tax revenue, some immediate tax revenue that they would have had prior by bumping out required distribution ages, they're foregoing some tax revenue or excuse me, they're de- delaying some tax revenue. But because non-spouse beneficiaries anyway, like we already talked about, can't stretch, they can't have required distributions for life. They no longer have the stretch. The government is still going to get their tax revenue potentially in a shorter period of time than they would have before they eliminated the stretch IRA. I don't know. I guess to me, it does make sense. People are living longer another year or so. I think um, it's... It's yeah. planning this and we'll talk about some of the planning opportunities and things to worry about with this extension. Uh, just to point out most for most folks, it doesn't matter. Like the average person yeah. is not saying, oh, great, I don't have to take out my money till 75. The vast majority of folks are actually living on their IRAs and 401k balances. So it's not a major change for a lot of folks, although, of course, you know, you and I who work with tend to work with like a wealthier subset of the population. It seems like it's a huge deal for us. But yeah. the average person out there is saying, oh, I'm probably already living off my IRA yeah. anyway. Yeah, fair point. Um, but yeah. You, yeah, so there's certainly it's something you want to pay attention to. And if you're in that situation, if you're fort- fortunate enough to not need your money until 73 or 75, we can talk about some of the some of the planning. I think the standard kind of planning that we do now is just it's maybe it's I don't know if exacerbated is the right word, but there's a there's some planning things that we should talk about with regard to required distributions and the tax issues surrounding them that we'll probably and wanna, I don't know if you want to cover that now or if we want to, I feel like we, I feel like we might as well cover it now because the other stuff is like bouncing around on different topics. But no, I think staying on that would be good. And you're right. And one, one thing I actually don't know, and I didn't read in this legislation is, so first of all, when people start required distributions, required minimum mm-hmm. distributions, like in the first year that they begin, and it, that this is the case now, and when it was seventy and a half, there was a little lag time. But the first year, you have to take out three point six five percent of the value of your account, yep. based on the twelve thirty one value the year prior. What I don't, and then as you get older, looking at the tables, it's every year that you're older, it's two to three tenths of a percent more that you have to take out. Like that percentage of the value of your account you have to take out gets a little bit bigger every year. It's not like it's not very, the tables don't accelerate very quickly in terms of getting to a very high percentage until you're much older. What I don't know, and to nerd out a little bit, what I don't know is if like right now we have a certain table where we know what percentage people have to take out at 73 and at 75. What we don't know is if they're going to adjust those tables like they did last time around. I don't know if you okay. read that in any of the legislation. My, my gosh, I want to say that one of the webinars I listened to did address this. I think the table stays the same. Yeah. And okay. so one, the, if RMDs cause a tax 
issue for you. Let's just say they the first time you hit an RMD, oh, you're turned 72. And now all of a sudden I jump up a tax bracket. Right? I have a yeah. million dollars in my IRA. And so I, I have to take out $36,000 that year. You know, what this legislation does is it just changes that that first yeah. year is going to be a potentially even bigger number, right? Because now all of a sudden, if in I know that we're a ways away from it, but if it's if it, the difference between 70 and 75 is you may have a bunch of years of growth, right, in your IRA. Uh, so you could have a bigger IRA and you also have a larger percentage distribution, right? As that as that percentage ticks up from the 3.6 and then eventually it's going to hit four. So you may have instead of in the old days, if your RMD started at 70 and a half and you had a million dollars and you had to take out 36,000, if you know the next generation after folks born in 1960 or later, they're going to potentially have five more years of growth. So maybe their million dollar IRA turns into 1.25 million or whatever the number yeah. is. And then they're taking out a larger percentage. So right. they're, they maybe they're taking, they, they have a $50,000 tax increase in taxable income that first year. So that's just, the, that's all it's the case now. It's just going to be potentially exacerbated by another year or more of growth and a larger percentage distribution. Yeah. What we don't know is, though, I think what happened last time is when they bumped out required minimums from 70 and a half to 72, they did move the tables forward to match. Okay. So that the first year, but it took them a year or two. I think it was actually... So Secure Act was the original was 2019. I think it was 2021 when they finally adjusted the tables. So it was actually okay. I think last year's okay. distributions that were actually like some people were a little confused. My balance went up. Why did my required minimum distribution go down? And it's because a year or so ago they adjusted those tables forward. So maybe they'll still do that. We don't yep. know. Sure. Um, but yeah, you're right. It could just be they. This is great. They sounds great. Like they allowed me to wait another year or so on my required distribution. But it's just. But if it's just bigger at that time, it's not really. It's helping people a little that are in high tax brackets and want to avoid some taxable income. But right. I guess remains to be seen whether they adjust the tables forward. It also gives you yeah. one of the planning opportunities that that exists now is for folks who do retire before there are. These you have an extra year or more, depending on your age, to get money out of your your IRA at a lower tax bracket, right? So we, I know we yeah. spend a lot of time on that. that for most folks, I think we I find that by age seventy, you it becomes harder because everyone's virtually not everyone, right? Because I know we have folks who don't qualify for Social Security, but generally speaking, by seventy, everyone's taking their Social Security, and you have maybe less flexibility to realize income in those pre-required distribution years. But you do have some extra time to do it, right? We spend a lot of time calculating clients' tax rates in the post-retirement years and saying, okay, here's your projected income for the year 2023. And is there an opportunity for us to get money out of your tax, your 401k, your IRA at a favorable tax rate ahead of required distributions when you're probably going to essentially lose control of your tax rate at that point because every yeah. all your income sources are essentially locked in and there's not going to be any changes right. from that point right. forward. It's like if I think through who does this benefit the most, people that 
have that are like living that essentially that aren't withdrawing from their from their retirement accounts because they don't need the money. Like there are some people that where their fixed income, social security, or pension, whatever, are sufficient enough that they just they don't need or want money from their retirement accounts. There are, I, there's not a lot of people that we work with that don't need any sort of money, like you alluded to earlier, right. from their retirement accounts. But there are some that have great. I can think of married couples that were both teachers and they have two teachers' pensions and yeah. their income is just fine on on that and they don't need their distributions and they're just paying taxes that they don't they wouldn't pay otherwise of course they're realizing after tax money and right. could spend it or can reinvest it in another type of account but they're realizing taxable income that that they otherwise wouldn't have to. Those type of people, this helps. So bumping it out a little bit certainly yeah. helps. But like you said, it's just for for some people, just this one year. But for younger people, a few years. Yeah. It. Do, I think it does. With all, yeah, I mean, tra- go ahead. In one in a few years, that can be semi meaningful, right? Because when you do this type of planning, the way with the way tax brackets work, right? You may have you may be able to take out I don't know, pick a number, thirty five thousand dollars before I jump from the. If you're a married couple, before I jump from the. 12% tax bracket to the 22. So if you have yeah. another year of that kind of a distribution to reduce your IRA balance, it's, it's yeah. you know, certainly three more years is you might be able to get a bunch more money out of the IRA at a tax friendly rate. And so it's certainly not, it's not nothing. Yeah. No. I, yeah, I agree. It also, I've done some analysis the last few years for people. One of the, it seems like I've done it more so the last few years. There are some people that take money out of retirement accounts before they're required to, but like you're talking about, they do it because they can do it in a low tax bracket, right? Yep. And they might yep. have enough money in a, a from elsewhere in the bank or in a non-retirement account where they don't necessarily have to take money out of an IRA, but they want to because they can do it and stay in a low tax bracket. But it, it seems like almost every time I look at that and analyze that, what it, that often doesn't make sense because if someone's on social security, the more taxable income they have, the more taxable, sometimes the more tax, more taxes they're paying on their social security income as well. So it just seems like I, I that's a, it's a good strategy in theory, but sometimes when I go through the calculations, it just doesn't even make sense to take money out of retirement accounts. And, um, but I guess where I'm going with that is so that, in, in other words, delaying distribution required distributions from retirement accounts in that regard can be a good thing because people have more years of their social security potentially being taxed at that lower rate, versus, which is 50, okay. 50% versus 85%. People pay different tax rates on social security based on their other sources of income. It's just interesting to to look at that. And it's very sensitive. You have to, yeah, that's the kind of thing where yeah, it's not just easy enough to say, oh, here's what you're paying in tax. Here's your tax rates. And it's yeah. a yes or no, because there's, yeah, you probably want to either be really great with spreadsheets or have a piece of software that does. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. I've said, I've since had a piece of software that, that we can use now to help analyze these things. Cause there were situations in the past where we thought we could implement that strategy. Yep. And if you miss on those calculations, social yeah. security becomes more taxable than you anticipate. And then there are sometimes there are other unanticipated things that happen in a client's tax life that yeah. you just can't anticipate. And yeah, so, me- Medicare yeah. premiums. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's linked to income. Yeah. All right. Anything else you can think of from like a planning perspective regarding required distributions being bumping out? I don't think so. 
Oh, I only talk briefly about just, and it's not a, it's not a huge change. It doesn't affect a lot of people, but the penalty for missing a required distribution has been reduced. I don't know. It's, you know, I guess, I don't know what the highest penalty now is. Formerly the highest penalty that the IRS levied was a 50% penalty for a missed required distribution. So if you were supposed to take out a hundred thousand dollars in 2022 and you didn't, the penalty for not paying that was $50,000. However, I think in reality, it wasn't enforced all that much. And that's just, I'm not an accountant, but I've, I've talked to enough accountants and worked with enough clients who have, for whatever reason, missed a required distribution. I think the IRS was always very forgiving on this. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And you would just generally speaking, I would, I would talk to the accountant and they'd say, okay, here's the situation. My, my spouse handled the money and I'm a new widow and I didn't know I was supposed to take out this required distribution. And so you sit down and write a letter and explain it to the IRS. And generally speaking, most of those requests were, were approved. I think that oh, okay. was like the impression that I, and this is going back in, in recent years. I think we have a kinder, gentler IRS. I think that we used to maybe when we were growing up when they were like the bad guys or maybe they're the bad guys again. I don't know. Anyway. I, th- I think they're also just very understaffed and, yeah. and like they, there's just a very limited ability for them to first of all, pick up on all of these things. And I know they have softwares and things that are helping them cross-reference and check numbers and stuff like that. But I think their ability to enforce is very limited. It's a very, very, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it's a very small percentage of the population that's audited and they're extremely behind. And like many other businesses, very understaffed. And I think that's been the case for a long time and certainly the case now. Yeah, Yeah, I guess that doesn't surprise me that they weren't, maybe that wasn't as enforced yeah. Uh, strictly. But I can't think of any stories of, of misrequired distribution, maybe one. And it was taken like in January. Yeah. So I think in that case, maybe it was forgiven. But we um, would usually come yeah. in. This is like usually a new client for us because obviously we're we, we understand this penalty. And if we're given bad advice, we don't want to be You're happy. not missing it for your clients. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. That's like your job uh, to not miss it. Yeah. But anyway, so the, the the penalty now is down to 25%, right? So it was a 50% penalty. Uh, now it's down to 25 and it's further reduced. And you'll have to forgive me. I think if you catch it pretty quickly and then submit, submit it and tell the IRS, it's a 10% penalty. So I don't exactly, okay. you'll have to forgive me. I don't know there what was the a, correction window is. Yeah, but, there was a window um, of time. I want to say it was like, tax filing time. I want to say if it was like maybe in the first quarter of the year. Yeah. Or yeah. Or maybe to the sec, maybe to the last deadline. I think it was, it's by a tax deadline. I don't know if it was the April or the October, but I think that's, you're right. The correction window is essentially pretty quickly after that year. If we're talking about five years later, that's certainly not going to be in the, in the correction window, but yeah, that's a change. That's a, that was the kind of thing that that stress people out a lot. And so now hopefully it, maybe that'll cause a little bit less stress. Although yeah. I'm going to guess they, I'm going to guess they, they'll enforce that 10% penalty more often than the 50, just because they're human beings and they didn't want to have people yeah. paying those huge penalties, especially when a lot of them were probably honest mistakes from older folk by definition. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I thought I would at least touch on that. It's not a major change. And it's not the kind of thing that affects a lot of people, but it did get updated. And I think that's effective immediately. Okay. All right. We have to take a break, actually. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my brother and business partner, Justin McNamara. We're going over some tax and like retirement legislation here. It's fun stuff, I swear. We're going to get into some good stuff right after the break. This is We're talking about Secure 2.0, which is some legislation that was passed right before the end of last calendar year. Some changes to some things in the tax code and retirement plans and things like that. Some of them immediately effective and some of them a little bit delayed. But We're talking about changes in our world and we're just taking a quick break and we'll be right back. 
This is Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Here's what people want to know about me. Are you a fiduciary? Are you independent? And thus are your recommendations for me in my best interest? Are your costs reasonable? Can you help me with my money and making a plan for my future? Fortunately, the answer to all of those questions is yes. Call my office to find out more. 781-834-2010. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. My co-host this morning is my brother, Justin McNamara. Good morning. Good morning. We are talking about Secure 2.0, which is part of, what did I call it? The Consolidated Appropriations Act, or CA, of 2023. I don't have it right in front of me, but I think it was passed like December 27th of last year. It was like very end of, of last calendar year. Some changes to the tax code, per, particularly pertaining to retirement accounts. And, yeah. and there's a lot of stuff in here. I think Justin said that he heard there was like 94 changes to I think so. the tax, I guess the tax code in particular, but this is a lot of retirement planning stuff in here. Fun stuff. And I will admittedly, I will admit that I didn't get through. I didn't actually read the actual legislation, which was, I don't know how many hundreds of pages, but um, <laughs> I don't think you would have been. Yeah. I think you would have probably no. got less out of reading the actual legislation yeah. <laughs> than you would out of someone who had summarized it for you. Read so. it for me. Yeah. So we have research providers that we subscribe to and, and thankfully we have um, access to that and they can digest these things for us and give us yep. the the more layman's version and the advisor version. And then we are translating it into the layman's version. That's what we're doing today. So we talked about changes to required minimum distributions. So no one has to begin required minimum distributions in 2023. Immediate prior RMD age was 72, but people turning 72 this year do not have to begin. The new RMD age is 73. And that's for anyone born 1951 through 1959. And And then the younger peeps that are born 1960 or later, their required distribution age will be age 75, unless there's further legislation, of course, as that's quite a few years away. But I wanted to get into, there's a lot of Roth IRA and Roth 401k stuff in here. And of course, I love going through that stuff. I think Roths are great. I think most of these change, I think a lot of these changes are great. I loved Roths to begin with. I actually, I loved Roths so much. I thought they were such a gem that I would have anticipated that. At some point, legislators just get rid of them, (laughs) but they actually made them in some ways more, they, in some ways more available. We'll talk about some things that they limited and some things that they're making more available and giving people more access to put money in Roth accounts. So that my, I was listening to one of my webinars and they said, people will worry about Roth all the time. What if they change the rules? I'll put all this money in Roth and they say it's tax-free and then they'll change it on me. One of the, the speakers that pointed out Roths are something that everyone agrees on because Today's legislator, it helps today's legislators and it put any problems that they create are kicked way down the road. <laughs> They're not their problems anymore because right, yeah. they and won't be you, legislators. Yeah. If you increase yeah. Roth, it, it increases your budget now because it, it's taxed immediately and then the tax free or the nature of it kicks down, kicks in way down the line, maybe generations yeah. from now. Because because if you stick money into a Roth and it grows for 50 years and they're paying any taxes on it, that's that's not their problem, generally yeah. speaking. So, yeah. But that, and I think that's there's certainly a bunch of that in there where all the changes, I think, are going to be revenue raisers in the very short term and yeah. also potentially good for the people who people for whom Roth is a good idea. Yeah, that's an interesting point that, yeah, it's probably the same reason like it's a similar reason to why like social sec- like no one's really addressing the social security shortfall problem because legislators legislators think I right. guess very short term like they're doing yeah. things that are good for them now and honestly good for them to get reelected. Right. <laughs> but yeah, if you're, but, if you're getting yeah. elected every two 
years is the uh, social security shortfall, which really doesn't kick in for, for a while longer. Ten more years, not, yeah. Yeah. Not really yeah. your problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With, so just quick background with, um, with tra- what we would call like traditional 401ks, IRAs, those are the deductible type accounts and traditional 403Bs, 457s, called the smart plan in Massachusetts. Motivations to those types of accounts are tax deductible, meaning you put money in, you shrink your taxable income, your taxes go down that year. But then fast forward to retirement and you're going to pay your taxes when you take that money out later. So that's like the traditional way of adding to retirement accounts. Yeah. And in, just in general, like it, the thinking their works in terms of most people in their working years, they're then they're taking deductions and getting tax breaks in years when they're earning money, hopefully lots of money, earning good money, maybe in a higher tax bracket while they're working than they might be in retirement. In general, that thinking like works for a lot of people. It works in particular higher income earners that may be making a lot of money now and maybe in retirement, they don't need as much because they're not paying off debt and not saving and all that stuff. And maybe they're in a lower bracket. So taking deductions when you're in a higher tax bracket and paying taxes when you're in a lower tax bracket makes sense. So that in general, like that has been a good structure. Roth type accounts. So we have Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, not very common, but Roth 403Bs. <laughs> and now we'll talk about how we're going to have Roth SEPs and Roth Simples. Yeah. So there's, uh, we'll just say Roth type accounts. I know? had actually forgotten that Roth 403B was even a thing because they're just, yeah. you never, ever see them. I have, uh, I've been here, this is my 20th year. I've come across one. <laughs> and it was recently too. Yeah. I think it may only be a fairly, maybe it was the Secure Act rule. I think it, the Roth 403B is only fairly recent. But if you think about yeah. it, that whole nonprofit, you know, the nonprofit world is not for, paying a, yeah. a ton of money for, or doesn't want to play a ton of money for for their four hundred one for their retirement plan. Yeah. Anyways, that was a tangent. Sorry about that. Yeah, and actually, I wanted to get into like cost of retirement plans, which we should yeah. get into because oh, most yeah. people don't know. Some people are like, "Well, I don't have Roth in my retirement account because it costs your employer more money to implement that, and yeah. that's why." Because yeah. the retirement offering retirement plans can be expensive for the employer. So actually, I wanted to, I did want to go off on that tangent today, but we'll save that for a little bit. So Roth type. Accounts are the, of the nature where you pay, you don't get a deduction to fund those accounts. But again, fast forward into retirement and they have to be open for five years or longer, and you're over 59 and a half. When money comes out later and you satisfy those requirements, all of the money comes back tax free. So if there's investment earnings, that all comes out tax free if you satisfy those requirements. That's you forego a tax break now, you get tax free income later. We could We've talked for whole entire shows about who that's appropriate for and all and that. And will again. Yeah. And will again. <laughs> and it'll be more complicated and fun next time yeah. we do it. Because <laughs> now it won't be the beauty of the Roth IRA. It'll be the beauty of all these different Roth yeah. vehicles that we now have in the world. Um, okay. Coming back to the changes in this new legislation. So there's several that I bullet pointed and maybe you even picked up on more. Cause like I said, I didn't get through all the legislation, but a li- but let's, we'll continue on the required minimum, minimum distribution discussion because one of the changes here is required minimum distributions from Roth 401ks are no longer, are no longer required. So yep. under prior law, So under prior law and current law, there have never been required minimum distribution from Roth IRAs. Which one one of the benefits that we we often talk about is no RMDs from a Roth IRA. 
Yeah, because the government essentially the government imposes RMDs because they want their tax revenue, but with a Roth. There, right. Other than we can talk about kids inheriting, there's no real, there's no immediate, there's no tax revenue to them, and there's no right. real reason for them to enforce a required distribution. So they've never been required for Roth IRAs, but previous law they were required for Roth 401ks and Roth 403. But now it's just all these Roth type accounts. There's no required minimum distributions, and I believe that's effective. 2024. I believe that's, that's not right. this year. If someone has a Roth 401k this year, they and are in had previously started required distributions, they still have to take an RMD from the Roth component this year. But that's 2024, right? It is 2024, yeah. And just just an okay. example, we have we have someone in our firm that we know, our dad. He takes because oh, yeah. I have we have oh, to yeah. help him. He's griping about it every year because he if you're in a 401, he's still active and working, so he puts some Roth money in, and then he's forced to take it out as part of the distribution. It's probably just a legacy of complexity. The 401k rules were probably written that said every, it was just every year you have to take out X when required minimum distributions hit, you have to take out blah, 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 blah. And so they just, and it just applied to Roth money that was in there. Okay. Uh, and so this is changing, is going to change that where you are not required to take out the Roth portion. I think you know, there's going to be a lot of this. Once we, this section is going to be, if you make a mental note, what's going to make Retirement plans a little more expensive. This is checkbox one because <laughs> right, right. now the accounting, the accounting part of it, the, you oh, know, right. the part that the participant doesn't really see. But if you think about the number of sources of potential money inside of an I of a four hundred one k now, right? You have your four hundred one k deferral, right? You have your your employer matching funds, right? You could have you could have Roth deferrals. You can and have now you could have Roth sharing. That's and- right. Profit sharing, and now we can. We're going to talk about later. You can also have employer yeah. Roth contribution and funds. Profit sharing, which may have a, right. which may have vesting schedule. There's a lot of there's a lot of different pots of money within a 401k, and now we're just adding a separate calculation for the required distributions. So that you're going to have to look at. Okay, here's my balance for the end of the year, but this part of it's Roth, so I'm only going to be forced to take an RMD on this part of it over here. And yeah. I mean, it's, we're complicating things. Luckily, it's not for the average person. It's just someone else doing it, but maybe a bit more costly. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. That's true. I actually, when I was going through a lot of this stuff, I was thinking, okay, a lot of this stuff, some of this stuff is raising, is raising revenue for the government. And some of these we'll talk about imposing the higher income earners have to do catch ups on Roth money. We'll talk about that in a minute, but some of this stuff is, is raising revenue for the government, but increasing costs for the employer. And some of these things might put pressure on employers to offer like Roth components of their plans that they didn't before, which imposes more cost on them. But you're right, yeah. like for participants, it might not, unless employers or 401ks are structured a little bit differently where they're passing more costs on to the participants, I guess that could increase costs a little bit. But I think largely this is going to fall, the financial burden of it's going to fall on employers in terms of the cost to run these plans. Because you're right, they're getting more complicated. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Did you have something else? Did you? I didn't. This is what one that I didn't. I'm not hugely informed on. So now a Roth 401k and a Roth are fairly similar. There is the, there is maybe still a reason to have a Roth IRA because of I think the distribution rules where you have to have the Roth in place for five years. I think you're still going to maybe want to have a Roth IRA even if you have a Roth 401k just in case you for especially if you're starting the Roth later in life. There's something there. I don't know if you read up on that one. It's, oh, it's, not, no. it's, it's fairly, it's a, it was relatively minor, but related to how long you have to keep money in a Roth before you can take it out with, with your tax-free earnings, you know, that five-year rule. Right. There's something funky with the 401k, but since yeah, I was hoping you knew it, but never no. mind. 
Get your master's I, yeah, in you're taxation. About rolling though, it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. Do you know how much there is in the tax code? Have you ever looked at the tax code? It's a I lot. <laughs> I looked at the tax code quite a bit. And yeah. it and it changes all the time. What yeah. is it? Actually, this is proof right here. I was like, just when you learn something, legislators go and change I it. Know. I know. But no, no, we'll get more clarity on that and report back. Yeah. All right. Reg- on that note, and I alluded to it a moment ago, when employers historically speak up until now, yep. other than one example, which I'll share in a moment, but <clears throat> employers that make matching contributions to 401ks have always made that contribution to the deductible component of your 401k. In other words, the employer adds, they match your contribution. The employer gets a tax deduction on that. It's an expense for them. And then it goes into what's called like the deductible component of your 401k. And then when you try to take that money out later in retirement, it was never taxed. So you're going to pay taxes on it later. That's always been the case other than once. And I think I told you this was a couple of years ago. I had one client that worked for an airline and was telling me that their employer lawyer was like petitioning the IRS okay. to allow them to make Roth contributions on behalf of their employees. And I think it was actually approved and maybe, maybe le- I don't know if it actually led to this, but anyway, now under Secure 2.0, employers will now have the ability to make Roth matching contributions for their employees. What I don't know is if like the employees can choose or if the employers are just making a blanket election, like we're either matching everyone Roth or we're matching everyone deductible, or I'm not sure. I didn't read. I'm not sure if there's clarity regarding or, or are employees going to be able to make that decision like, right, I would hope that's the case. But now there's at least we'll have the ability to make contributions on behalf of their, their employees. And the money can go into the Roth component of a 401k. However, the employee will bear the burden of taxes on the money in current year on the money that goes right. into that 401k. So if your employer puts 5000 bucks into the into your Roth component of your 401k, you are going to have taxable income of $5000 and and then the money goes into your 401k because that money has to, in a Roth, the money is taxed immediately or in current year. And then same thing later on, you get it out tax-free. On that, go ahead. It it was my understanding, or at least from reading, and I can't find where it was now. I thought it was an, I thought it was at the employee's Discretion. Oh, that would, I thought you could choose. It wouldn't make a lot of sense. It wouldn't. The business's point of view, your take, if if the deduction is essentially the same, and so it wouldn't make sense to blanket make a decision. Oh, I have this. I have this person here who is in a lower tax bracket. Yeah. They would want it Roth, whereas this person may be in a very high tax bracket. It would. I think it's going to be at employee discretion where you could say, oh, please match my. If I'm going to have matching funds, please make them Roth as opposed to traditional. Yeah. So that's that was my understanding of it. I also we should point out. 401k, I think, you know, for and some of the reasons why a lot of these aren't effective until next year is because there's going to be half the industry is going to have to make yeah. a lot of changes here, right? It, the you cannot, you can't do a Roth match or a, a Roth contribution to, a, to an employee 
with a vesting schedule, right? Because right. you're being taxed in real time on right. the money. And so you can't have any, this is not going to apply to profit sharing and or anything that has a, a match that has a vesting schedule where, oh, you yeah. want to be here for five years in order to get all your money. If your particular 401k plan is set up such that it would make it complicated, the plans either going to have, a lot of plans are going to have to be changed and or it just might not be an option for a lot of folks. Yeah. If your particular matching program has a vesting schedule, it's going to get complicated in the will yeah. of you can only elect it after you've been there for the five years post vesting, or it's going to right. get complicated, which is why in this in particular, this one is 2024 as well. So yeah. the industry has a full year to say, all right, how are we going to adjust our plans? We probably get a lot of People probably get a lot of plan information changes in the next year or so, (laughs) notifying you of changes to your 401k plan. Yeah, yeah, a lot of this was, hey, here's what we're going to do, but we need some time to clarify it a bit. This one, I think the Roth employer matching Roth contributions, I think is available immediately as soon as like the financial institutions are able to receive or are able to, again, logistically make it work. But it doesn't... Yeah. For a simple plan like ours, if we have a safe harbor match, I'm going to guess that it won't take it won't take all that long to adjust that kind of plan document and say, all right, you can just turn that into a Roth contribution if you want. Yeah. But yeah, there'll be other, there's going to be a lot of plans where it'll be a lot more complicated because it's your 401k plan. You, you, behind the scenes, you don't really notice it, but 401k plans have all kinds of different options and you can have yeah. more flexibility in setting them up. Yeah. And if these new particular rules don't work easily with 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 your 401k, it may be a while before it flows down to you, the uh, the employee. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about simples and SEP because I think it's this is Im- important here. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so just a little bit of background and definition. A simple IRA, and that's an acronym for something. Savings Simpl- incentive match plan. There you go. Yeah, for, there you go. Yeah, I forget the other, yeah. But they are, but so they're like a, a simple IRAs are essentially a retirement plan. They're similar to a 401k, but they're geared towards smaller employers. Yeah. So they're a less costly plan for smaller employers to start up to manage for employees. And the contribution limits are lower than 401ks. There's, they're not, they haven't been as fancy and had all the bells and whistles as 401ks, but they're less expensive and for small businesses have yep. been a good solution. One of the differences, one of the more notable differences has been for a long time that with simple IRAs, you could not offer Roth contributions where you could offer that in a 401k. You could have Roth ability in a 401k, again, if the employer chose to do that. And like we talked about earlier, not all 401ks are created equal and not all of them have allowed or do allow Roth contributions because it's more costly for the employer to offer that. Simple IRAs have never offered Roth contributions, neither have SEP, SEP IRAs, yep. but under Secure 2.0, effective 2020. Oh, wait a minute. Is it immediate? I think it's immediate. I think, I think it's it immediate. is immediate. I think this one's immediate. So now the Secure 2.0 has created SEP Roth IRAs and simple Roth IRAs. Yeah. So, which which I, I think in general is a good thing. I think simples are very appropriate for many small businesses. But one thing that has been a bummer is, oh, you can't put Roth money in. You can't yeah. make Roth contributions for the people that want to. But now that's a thing. And SEP IRAs, same deal. SEP yeah. IRAs are 
it technically, what is it? Simplified employee pension. I think that stands mm-hmm. for very, yeah. it's technically a pension plan offered by paid for by an employer, but they're very common for self-employed people that maybe just work with their spouse or, or just work for themselves and don't have employees and yeah. uh, very common. You can put a good amount of money, SEPs, basically 20, if you're self-employed, basically you can put 20% of your, your earnings after after business deductions, I believe, right in there. And anyway, they're an easy, again, low cost plan to set up. And But again, up until now, you could not make Roth contributions to it. But now that's a thing. So Secure 2.0 has created Roth, sorry, SEP Roths and Simple. So I guess we have to wait a little bit and give the financial institutions and the custodians some time to work out those details and actually make those available. Because you and I were talking, I think off, actually offline, we were talking, yeah. what is it going to look like? Is it going to be, we work with Simple IRAs, that's a brokerage account. What is it going to look like? Is it going to be, is the Roth component going to be a separate account? Is it going to yeah. be just within the account? Are the, I'm sure the financial institutions are working through all the logistics here in terms of how they're tracking that because they have to track all this so they can report on it, the proper right. tax to report to the IRS and the participants. Yeah, the whole point, the reason that Simples and SEPs are so cheap is because there is no no oversight of them, there's no reporting. For a 401k every year, there's a lot of work that we, as as the employer, as the sponsor, only do some of it, but there's a lot that goes along with the payroll system, right? Who put put what money in, how much they make. There's all kinds of reporting that go and accounting that goes into a 401k plan, you know, to a lesser degree, 403b and 457, but Mm -hmm. that's never been a part of Simple or SEP. So I'm very interested to see how exactly yeah. they're going to work this, right? Once you have one account with commingled funds, different tax sources, then you know it's going to get complicated. And all of a sudden, what's the cost structure of that? So my guess is you'll either see symbols that look more like 401ks, in which case I'm not sure why you have a simple IRA anymore. And or you just have, if you want your simple IRA, you can have your simple Roth and your simple IRA. And you have to send in, if you have deferral contributions, they have to mm. go into your simple IRA. If you have Roth deferrals or Roth matching, they have to go into your simple Roth. That's only my guess, because otherwise I don't see how they get around. I don't see how they offer it in their current structure. Yeah, there's no, you're there's right. a reason why there's a reason why the 401k world doesn't look like the IRA world. And it's because there's just a lot more compliance and reporting and tracking that goes on. So it's, yeah, it was, I was a little surprised true. to see that. I was happy, but logistically, yeah. how does it effective work? immediately? Yeah. We'll see how we'll see how immediate that is. In, but if you think about, I wonder if the financial institutions will just put it back on the participant and on the CPAs to track it. Because oh, think yeah. about what they do for non-deductible IRAs. Like you and I know that there's an yeah. IRA called a non-deductible where it look, looks like looks and smells like an IRA, but it's not yeah. an IRA. Yeah. And the custodians don't track. They just say, they say, nope, that's your problem. You track it. You have your CPA track that. Okay. So I wonder if they could do something like that and just yeah. keep the same structure. And, you know, they put, we're not reporting on it from a tax perspective. You do that yourself. We already don't have enough tax preparers in the world. This, and honestly, like legislation like this, like you just said, there were what, 94 tax related changes in this one piece of legislation. And we've already had with all like the stimulus and the legislation that's come out basically since COVID and Secure 2.0 was right before COVID. There's been a lot and, and it's a lot for tax preparers to to do. And I don't know about you, but it's so hard to find tax preparers. Can someone please call my office if you are a tax preparer? 
preparer <laughs> in the area that is taking on new clients. I get asked yeah. for for referrals quite often, and I yeah. my my dream is to have that done right in house at McNamara Financial, and I hope to do that <laughs> one day soon. But how many years have I been talking about that? No, I'm going to do it. But yeah, it's really hard to find. I'm finding right now tax preparers yeah. that that are taking on new clients. So quite honestly, seven eight one eight three four twenty ten. Call our main office in Marshfield if you're a tax preparer that locally to Marshfield or Chelmsford, and and you're taking on new clients because it's it's I've so many that that are just tapped yeah. out and uh, and it's hard for people. But yeah, and um, if this goes to yeah. the small, and it's all small business folks, and so if this goes to them, right, it's either going to be the the payroll person who's going to have to be doing extra reporting yeah. and the, you know if you're doing payroll now for a simple IRA there's it's not it's not a ton of work but it's certainly not nothing either yeah and this is just gonna it's this is gonna it's got to go somewhere and I'm interested to see where it all ends up landing ideally custodians asset custodians can handle this and, and simplify it because they're probably be the right place to do it but we'll we'll see you're right they could just say hey it's this is on your yeah. self compliance I'm a little I'm a little I'm skeptical that they'll do that because especially when Roth money's involved, if you're able to not very, um, if it's not that difficult for you to move a bunch of money into Roth and have it tax-free forever, people might try to take advantage of that. Yeah, anyway, that's true. I know we got to wrap. Right, we got to take a quick break. We're, we're talking about Secure 2.0, which is some recent tax-related retirement planning-related legislation that came out. We're going through some of the the weeds of that. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara, joined by Justin McNamara, my brother and business partner. Check us out on our podcast. You can search your podcatcher for McNamara on Money if you ever miss a show. Our website is McNamaraFinancial.com or McNamara. Of the Merrimack.com. We're just taking a quick break. We're going to talk a little bit more in just a few moments. 